In today's episode, Dave interviews Mel Shimkovitz, aka Macho Mel. She's a performing artist, drawer, and novice mentalist splitting time between Los Angeles and Mile Marker 31, New Mexico. Mel spent her early years training in comedy, ventriloquism, and dysfunction, confounding and delighting folk on the Bat Mitzvah circuit of greater North Suburban Chicagoland. Spending most of her adult life in New York and Paris, she's a co-founder of the musical art collective Voodoo Eros, for which she curated and created diverse, nice items like soft metal records, international fiestas, functional art, adventuresome websites, and fictitious communities filled with fraudulent personas. Seen recently on Amazon's Transparent, Devon Kirkpatrick's Maddie, and various funny, sad viral videos, Mel is working towards becoming America's he-she sweetheart. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. Um, I look at all the... Because what you were saying was forcing yourself... I don't know if you said it this way. Forcing yourself to do more, like to perform more. You know, so you got rid of something in order to do something Well, else. it's not forcing myself to perform more. It's forcing myself to perform in front of people more because in my studio, this big studio. Your artist, whole, your, your studio for your, for your art. You know, I call it a studio for art because then when you say it to art people, they're like, they take you seriously. But when, really, I'm saying, when you say studio yeah. and you want to perform, some people might think Paramount. So I'm just being... See, just being, and this is why I need friends like you, because right. I'm new here to L.A. I forget that. <laughs> no, my art studio, uh-huh. where I go to um, be an artist, uh-huh. uh, it's all, there's a lot of performing, but, I, but there's nobody watching. Right. So everything from, you know, I'm kind of an autodidact artist. I've never taken any art classes. Mm-hmm. When I got to California, I had been a musician and a... I had been a lot of things before, but of course you come to California and if you're a drawer, if you're a painter, it doesn't matter what you are, you start doing ceramics. Oh, is that what happens? That's what's happened. All right. Because in New York, there's not, I mean, maybe there is now because California is so trendy in New York now, but there aren't a lot of kilns, there aren't, there's not a lot of room, it's not a thing and like crafts and handicrafts and things you do with your hands aren't highly respected. I'd never heard of all these famous potters I know of now until I got here. Um, so it became a performance of learning how to do ceramics and hand build and throwing things against walls and what I was going to make and how I was going to make it and spending all day by myself and talking to myself. And I built a little stage and I would make my ceramics on my little stage. No need for the stage. It was like, you know, a one foot platform by six feet. But, you know, I had some extra wood, right. but it felt good. I was like, I'm performing. Um, but I was doing all my best material for me. And sometimes my dog, my dog... I mean, he's an asshole. Can I swear on this? Yeah, yeah. He is an asshole. Uh He's a a tough crowd. He doesn't like anyone, really. Mm -hmm. Um, He's like, you know, he's an asshole, but he's my asshole. Like Everybody has that, like, misogynistic friend from college. And you're like, I know, I have to warn my girlfriends. He's a total misogynist. He's a dick. He hates women, but he's, like, my I know. And those are the kind of people that you go, yeah, if I was, if I was, Looking at Frank, go. No, you got to get rid of that guy. You got to yeah. get rid of that guy. But I got one. I yeah. got one. I of know course. it right away. Him. I know that's him, and I cannot explain what a douchebag he is. Oh my god! And why he's my friend. And the worst thing is, I have one in a few different states, so I run into them all the time. The caveat of the friend. So that's what I say about the dog. He was the only one seeing anything I was doing. I thought if I just don't have room to make these big things, and I don't have a desk big enough to even make my drawings, that. I'll just have to go back to being a writer, which is what I did. My grew up in a really small house, shared a room, tiny room with my sister, and all I could do What's, was what city was this in Chicago? Mm-hmm. And I could just sit on my bed and whatever would fit on my lap in my bed. So I was always a writer. Never. Where did you grow up in Chicago? Oh, uh, I'm like, from Chicago. Oh, you are? Yeah. Um, I'd like to say Evanston. Skokie. The truth is Skokie. Yeah. Skokie, Evanston. Yeah, yeah. yeah. More Glenview. I was. Oh, right. so you're you're north. You're kind of the Edens. Ex- the, the, yeah. the the old orchard exit off the Edens. Oh, that's where it was. That's okay, where fine. it was. Because I had a girlfriend who lived uh, off a of Gulf and uh, Springfield. She lived in Springfield and Gulf, mm-hmm. and she called it Evanston. It was clearly Skokie. Yeah, I mean, I, I I wish I could say that I went to like Evanston High, that I went to Nutria. I was yeah. on a crosstown bus. I yeah. was right between the the railroad tracks with the Nazi hobos yeah. and and the bagel, basically. There needs to be a band called the Nazi hobos. There's got to be a band called the Nazi hobos. Yeah. Or a movement. You're part of the Nazi hobo movement. You're, yes, yes. I am clearly homeless and completely racist at the same time. And so if you're going to be that, you might as well be that in the North, North Shore of Chicago. 
where yeah. there's you know there's a lot of opportunity for you to work. You know, I was born after the big hubbub of the the huge um, the huge Supreme Court case about the KKK marching in Skokie, Skokie which yeah. for the uninitiated is or was at least when I was growing up the largest population of Holocaust survivors in the world. Could have been. It certainly was the United States. Certainly the U.S. Yeah. So my, and I'm a Jew. You can't see me on the <laughs> computer, but if you're David, like we, I mean, Shimkovitz, I'm a Jew. I look right. like a Jew. Um, it's Shimkowitz, right? Shimkowitz. But if you say Shimkowitz, it just makes me think that you're like, you are Jewish. Right. If I say Shimkowitz, it makes me think, or yeah, Shimkowitz. Because it's with a V, but if you're Polish, you say it as a W. Got it. Right. Right. So I wouldn't correct you for that. Right. I would be like, oh. I just want to make sure that uh, the guy who does the intro for the show, Ian Foley, who's my producer, yeah. gets it right. So he's going to Shimkowitz the shit out Shim of it. You got it, Ian? Mr. Foley. Yeah. Yeah. Shimkowitz. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so that was the place that was yeah, the most. Yeah, so we grew up like uh, the entire Jewish education that I had was. Did you? I'm sorry. Did you go to Hebrew school? Of course. Which one? Temple Jeremiah. I went to like the most Jappy thing you could possibly. I was imagine. Temple Sholem in uh, on the north uh, in, in Chicago. The one. Yeah. So Sifty. Yeah. Yeah. I had a couple. I went. I did a couple bat mitzvahs there. Did you? Yeah, I've been to a couple there. <laughs> I know about it. Kids who are cool enough to go into the city. Where did you grow up? Uh, Rogers Park, West Rogers Park. So Pratt, California. Cool. So we were neighbors. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. I mean... I probably knew people that were your age, my age, your age, my age. Okay, when I you understand. Were, when, you know, the people that, if you were... That I, I would take know. I would take the purple line to go to poetry readings in oh. high school. Poetry readings where? Like, just right all around there from, like, Caffeine and Evanston and North. Got it. Yeah. Got it, got it, got wherever, it, got it. Wherever non-racist skinheads were hanging out smoking right. cigarettes. You'd the find Non-racist skinheads is a worse, it's not a good name for a band. Or it's not a, a good name for a band. non-racist skinheads. Wait, so let me finish telling you about the skinhead hobos. Okay, fine. Well, Nazi hobos. Yeah. Um, if you want to know. Do you want to know? We all want to know. It's interesting only because, um, okay, it's interesting only because I, I'm going to, I'm, I think it's interesting and I like the sound of my voice. Right. Um, these, so we grew up hearing about the Nazis all the time. Our entire Jewish education was like old people with numbers on their arm coming and telling us to never forget, scaring us with Kristallnacht. Like I couldn't even watch a horror film because like it was like I knew the scariest thing that could ever happen would be like they're coming for you and all the glass is breaking. Um, so we were just like very afraid of Nazis. That was just like all the time, like living in a Jewish enclave, always afraid of Nazis, hanging out at Northbrook Court, Old Orchard, the 80s everything that was going on, Nazis. Like, we were always looking for Nazis. So the only, like, wilderness available to us was uh, in the Forest Preserve, which is ubiquitous in Chicago. Forest the Preserve. county forest preserve. Yeah. yeah. The one near me was called Harms Woods. Yeah. Which sure. made it even scarier. Sure. Harms Woods. And the, what a bad name. What, the Harms Woods. And the, the railroad tracks went through there. And up until about 10 years ago, there was, there was the railroad every... 10 minutes. So I was literally on one side of my street was the Edens and the other side was like the railroad track. So I was like already anxious because I was a Jew and then I had this going on and then I was afraid of Nazis. I would run away from home a lot. Like, but I was lazy, you know. So I wouldn't run that far. How, I would go how to the old were you when you were, you were running away from home? Oh, starting at like four and then going to still now. Got I'm it. actually currently the bindle that I put in the corner. That's, I, saw, I was wondering. I'm the bindle and the dog with the black eye, the white dog with the black eye. I've yeah. run away. I've run yeah. away. Luckily, my, my dad doesn't know how to Google or else he might be able to find me here with you. But He's the guy that can't Google. He can't. He can't Google. He can't Google. And when he does have to go to Google, he Googles Google.com to get him there. <laughs> he also signs all of his texts, Dad, and he starts a mouth. <laughs> no, comma. Every single one. And I don't text him back often because he can't really read the text. He's not that old either. And there's like a line of just like, Mel, happy birthday, love, dad. Like line breaks, paragraph breaks, everything. That's and he has an iPhone, so he's like large type. I made it large for him. So he's seen all of this. How old is he? I don't know, 68? But he's a Chicago dude. Got it. And so his head is like whatever preservatives they put in kosher franks is like yeah. what is going on in that um, brain. He grew up in... He went to Lane Tech. He went to Lane Tech. Yeah. What neighborhood, what neighborhood did he grow up in? Uh, he grew up um, in... Um, it's like that neighborhood? In... Uh, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I ran away so young. I can't remember the name of everything in Chicago. <laughs> he grew up in where all of the yuppies want to live right now. No, where all the yuppies wanted to live in 2006 and bought in 2006. It's not Albany Park. No, but it's... Uh, if you kept going, I would know it. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's not that nobody cares. He grew up in a schmata factory. My family Oh, like Maxwell Street and that kind of shit? Yeah. He like had, selling, yeah, selling. they had a, a house in the middle of a, of a, of a courtyard of a, of a schmata factory. Uh -huh. It was a Western Rag Co. The Shimkovits made their... Uh, made and lost their fortune on uh, peddlers selling rags made yeah. out of suits of Eastern European people who probably had their suits taken on the Holocaust. This is a great circle here. <laughs> it's a lovely circle. It's really a lovely circle. It's okay. Uh, no, but I think about I, I, I then growing up, growing up and going to because I went to Hebrew school. I went to Hebrew high. I went to Mather, but I also went to Hebrew oh. high school on, on the weekends. And I was the president, uh, the co-president of my youth group with my friend Bo Jacobs. BBYO. Sifty. Uh, Oh, Sifty. See, I was doing this. Yeah, yeah. You were the other. Yeah. You were those conservatives. More conservative. I, for, it wasn't very conservative. There was a lot of hand jobs going on. You know what? I did a show in, in London this year. And um, I played a woman, an improv show. I played a woman. And my, we were in the front seat of a car. That was the conceit. And I, was, and I said, oh, I, I know what you want. I know what you want. You want me to give you a hand job. And I thought, that's going to get a big laugh. No one laughed. They don't know I'm what like, handies are there. They call them shandies. Wait, because we drink shandies here. Right? Mm. You don't want to drink a hand job. No, because then I don't it know, becomes maybe a, someone does want to drink a hand Then it goes from a BJ some, yeah. to a BJ. Yeah, that, that would be a blow shandy. Yeah. A blow shandy. Sounds kind of nice. It does sound like nice. Like a good afternoon drink. Something exactly. you want to watch the races too. Watch the races. Watch, watch the, the racists. Races. I wanna, we're going to go to the races. Okay, so the, going back the to the races. We're going to go watch the horse, the horse races, races at Arlington Park. They have the horse races. They're dogs now. They couldn't afford horses. <laughs> they couldn't afford horses. That's so sad. They couldn't afford horses. So, so wait, one wait, of the times I ran away. Wait, wait you, went bringing... you went to Brooklyn. You went to Brooklyn. You went to Brooklyn for how long? How long did you go to Brooklyn? I was in Brooklyn. I was between Brooklyn and Europe, but mostly and New Mexico, but mostly Brooklyn uh -huh. for like thir 13 years, mm -hmm. 12 or 13. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We had a major breakup. You and, you and Brooklyn and you and Europe. Me in Brooklyn. Europe, Brooklyn Europe's my mistress. She's there all the time. But yeah, Brooklyn and I had the hugest breakup. I had to leave. I was in Brooklyn. <clears throat> in my life, there was um, somewhat hilarious and destructive, but that's what I wanted. Right. And I would leave every year and go to New Mexico for like three months at a time in the summers. And I have um, a whole like separate. Um, off the grid life in New Mexico that has like nothing to tent, do with that. Like staying in a tent, living in a tent. It is like the most beautiful stone, tiny one room cabin overlooking the Rio Grande. So it's like a tent. Mm -hmm. If a, it's if a cabin, though, it's a cabin. I, for me, I, you can take your camping. There's yeah. gonna be a lot more room for people like me not camping. It is warm inside. Right. There is a fireplace. Uh -huh. Now, I'm going for architectural digest here, but I'm building it by hand, so it's taking a long time. You own this thing? Yeah, boy. You're a landowner? I am. I'm a steward of the land. You're a steward of the land, but, a, but an honorable steward of the land. Totally honorable. I'm way off the grid. I uh -huh. catch water. You I catch water. No footprint. Yeah. No footprints. Well, I have... Um, I wear huge boots unnecessarily, so I have those footprints, and then I have some propane that I use for for for, for you my stove. Cook. Yeah, yeah. You drive it. Yeah, that's kind of a big carbon footprint. It's really far away from anything. Well, you're not driving a semi, and for God's sake. No, dude, I do kind of drive a semi. <laughs> you do. I drive like a, the hugest the hugest trucks you could imagine on like six inch lift kits with thirty five inch tires. I have to. I'm not that Is tall of a guy. Is it outside? No. Yeah. Oh no. It would not it's not legal in California. I leave it out there. I can never do it. This is but and this is another place where I do a lot of where I perform a lot and also nobody there to see it. How did how did you get how did you get connected with the with Jill Soloway and the transgender people? Um and the transgender people. Well, how? Gosh, how am I connected I mean, with transgender? I mean, I'm not trans, I'm transparent. Okay, because I was like, Sorry. how do I start no, no, to no, explain not, to you the no. generations of transgenderism inside of me? No, I don't. That was that was just the wrong word. Um. Trans, the, yeah, transparent. Um. Well, I um, I have a few friends who are from my community of artists who are um, my friends Zachary and Reese were our consultants on the show. Mm -hmm. So. 
uh, that's that was kind of one way that I knew them. But actually, Jill, I met uh, at a bowling alley. Out here? Yeah, at a bowling alley at Chateau Lanes. I just, love Chateau Lanes. Yeah, we had a big bowling night. Some of my friends. Have you tried the hamburger there? I have. I would never try any food there. I have a very sensitive stomach. Oh, I'm so sorry, because they make uh, they make a cheeseburger that is just it's a it's even if you don't eat it, it's a beautiful cheeseburger. Really? Wrapped in white paper, you know that sort of thing. I actually would eat that. I'm I'm kind of into cheeseburgers. You know, I I worked my way through high school and college at Hackney's on Harms in Harmswoods. Hackney's. We used to have a joke about Hackney's. It's like, where's Hackney's on your face? On your face. Well, I got the Hackney acne. That was it. I was just like smoking weed and flipping burgers. Not flipping burgers, actually, because I I wasn't allowed to touch anything in the kitchen. But they deep fry the because I'm Jewish, (laughs) and you know. I'm Jewish and easily distracted, but they would uh, they deep fry the burgers there. So it was like weed, deep fried burgers, Catholic girls from the Catholic high school, me, uh-huh. uh, rich people riding their horses through, tying them up, drinking slow gin fizz, more weed for years. Sounds good. Yeah, I put myself through theater school working there in the summers. Where'd you go to theater school? Um, well, I went to school because I had to. Well, it's but children it wasn't- need to go to school. Yeah, I went to school, and then I when I left, I went to school in Chicago, and then when I left, I went to um, Lawrence, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kansas, Lawrence? What? University of Kansas, Lawrence? Yeah, but I didn't go there really thinking I was going to like go there or stay there. I just wanted to get away from Chicago. And I knew Were that William Burroughs lived Another out the there. the running away thing. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I had a huge bindle. Uh-huh. I had two bindles. Mm-hmm. With I a had, in it. I had some cubby holes in there for the dorm room. Yeah. I had all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I loved it there. You were there for four years? Yeah, I was there for four years. Kansas is a weird years. fucking place. It was so weird, but it was so different from the North Shore from where I came from. You know, when I moved into the dorms, the first week that I was in the dorms, mm-hmm. somebody, um, uh, uh, people would throw pennies at my door and somebody drew like an evil Jew with horns on my dry erase board. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. I always felt like I wanted to be, like, I always felt oppressed, and I was always afraid of these Nazis, but there was nobody around actually, like, oppressing me in the way, on the outside, that matched how oppressed I felt on the inside. So as soon as that happened, and I was, like, the only Jew, and it was a novelty, and novelty enough that, like, uh, I could get, like, these anti-Semitic things I'd always heard were going to happen. Like, I saw pennies on the door, and I was like, wait, what? Oh... I heard about this. I was so happy that I could experience that. Finally. Yeah, finally. It's like Treblinka right in Kansas. Exactly. So I really rode that for a long time. And I really feel like that's when I came into real touch with my Judaism is as soon as I felt like it was this cool other thing um, to hate, I was like, yeah, I'm going to embrace the shit out of this. When we we moved into this one particular house in Rogers Park where my mom still lives and when I go back, that's where I, I stay. We, we had one of those Chicago-style bungalows, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we moved into a neighborhood that was really, that was a majority Jewish, but a lot of anti-Semitic Catholics. Cool. And I had never experienced the word kike before. Oh, yeah. And and the moment that I heard it, I was like, what is that? And my mom went, what did you say? What did you say? Who said that? It was like the O'Hara's said that. The O'Hara's, and we had, uh, but... But man, it's shit was shit was uh, was on the on the surface then. It's less on the surface now. Yeah, I've never been called a kike. Call me a kike right now. Uh, you know what you are? You're a fucking kike. I think you're, but aren't you a kike dyke? Too? Ooh, I'm a kike dyke. Oh, I, the dyke I get a lot, but the kike, like something about it, just felt really right. good when you did it. And now I know that this is the day, December 29th, 2014, that I finally got called a kike. Buy a kike. Buy a kike. Oh. Oh no! You know what? No, I mean, but I'm, then it feels like we're being uh, like, "Yo, what's uh, up, fag?" And we're both fags. It's not. It's not well, as much. Well, you did of ask me. I know, but maybe I, by the end of the show, I'll call it to you without you even thinking about it. That you would know, be good. Yeah. That would be good. It, it'll be less role play, and I can. Yeah, yeah, because it. you asked for it. I did ask for it. I wouldn't look. The, I wouldn't dress like this if I didn't want to be called a kike dyke. <laughs> the people at Too home can't see, but I look. I look super gay. You're gonna have to Google Macho Mel. I am super gay. I'm one of those people that like. That if you're even walking with me, even if you walked into a restaurant with me, people would be like, is that guy a lesbian? Because I'm like, it's like the one, it's not like the one drop rule. It's like, it's like the gusher rule. If you're is like anywhere near me. Is that guy a lesbian? That's an awesome sentence. It is. Is that guy a lesbian? Is that lesbian? guy a lesbian? 
My dad said to me recently, my dad, my brother lives in LA and my dad and he went on some like weird bachelor weekend over Thanksgiving. They went to Vegas. My father had never been. And so my brother and him went to Vegas. And my dad said he felt like walking. <laughs> He's like, you know, it's, it's quite a thing these days when you can't even walk down the street with your son without people assuming you guys are gay together. <laughs> and neither of these guys look gay. Like, they wish they looked gayer. These are the schlubby. I mean, these are guys are like just Jew, Midwestern Chicago, Chicago right, Jews. Right. My brother is like that. What's your brother's name? His name is Brian, Brian. Shimkovitz. And your dad's name? Howard. Howard. Howard Shimkovitz? Howard Shimkovitz, son I'm, of, I'm son sure of Hyman a and Seal. Right? I'm sure I bought a jacket from him at yeah. one time. Because my dad used to schlep me down to the Schmata places and go, we're going to buy you a suit. I'm like, why the fuck do I need a suit? And we would, and he had some guy that yeah. he knew, a he guy, guy. So he's always, I know a guy who would, you know, dress me. He's like, what do you need? Do you need underwear? It's like, dad, really? You need underwear, you need socks. He needs underwear, socks, you need some, some slacks. Yeah. You need slacks. slacks and a suit. I need slacks. Slacks? I haven't had slacks in years. Slacks. Maybe you had been to my grandfather's liquor store. His name was Hyman. The liquor store is called Hyman's Liquors. Keep saying Hyman. Hyman's Liquors. <laughs> Hyman's Liquors. And I just found this out. I'm so happy I can say this in a place where other people might be listening. Hyman's Liquors. I found all these like engraved shot glasses and I was like, what are these? And my dad was like, oh, those are from my dad's package store. I was like, what? A package store called Hyman's Liquors. Yeah, it's a liquor store. A liquor store? Yeah, he but chewed a on a cigar. He chewed on a cigar and he would smoke a pipe, but he didn't smoke the cigar. This is what I remember about this uh -huh. guy. Hyman. But I'm sorry, it's yeah. Hyman Liquors. Hyman. It's Hyman. Hyman. I don't know if it was Hyman liquor or Hyman's liquor. Well, liquors. Hyman liquor is a much different. Hyman liquor is a much different thing. I told you I have a long lineage here. Well, <laughs> a, a lot a, to go through. From a long line of Hyman liquors. Yeah. Yeah, Hyman's liquors. Where was it? I don't know, dude. I, oh, I Chicago oh. is like I black it out. Because oh, you ran away. I ran away. I was really, just now when my accent came out. I said I black it out. I black it out. And it felt good. I've been I hanging out with Chicagoans. Lately. There's a lot of us out here. There, there are. are a lot of us out here. And some of them have kept their accents, and I'm super jealous. I have a friend who's a comedian. Her name is Mary Grill, and her accent is so good that I'm trying to figure out how to get it. But she was from, like, the north side and a Catholic. So mm -hmm. she's got this different thing mm -hmm. that's, like, Jews in Chicago, where I was from, were, like, more like this. Right, But, right. like, where she's from, they were a little more like this. Like, yeah. And that's cooler. Yeah. Um, do you know, um, I may probably not know Mary Wachtel. She she talks like, she's a friend of Jill's. She talks like, she has a very, I don't know what, I don't know where she's from. I'm assuming she's from Chicago. But she's got this great Chicago accent. That for, like, Italian sort of Chicago accent. I'm not, probably not doing it justice. I worked so hard at getting rid of my accent when you I went did? to Kansas. Because, like, that place, they have no accent, as far as they're concerned. There's no Kansas accent. So it was like... It was a liability. I was trying to do checkoff. I couldn't be talking like this all the time. So, um, yeah, I worked really hard to lose it. And now I can't get back into it unless I smoke a lot of weed. Uh -huh. I can't get back into it. If I hang around with some people, and like suddenly it'll come back like this. I'll, I'll, I'll start doing that sort of thing. So I, like, start just talking really a little harder. Anyway. But, you know, no, just like, like missing some of the consonants. See, you know, kind of rolling. Oh, my God. Do I know? I Now your Chicago one just came out, and I feel like yeah. I know you. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know. It's just me. I'm putting you on. We're not related? No. Me related to a kike? Good one. Oh, my God. <laughs> <gasps> oh, this is like the dungeon that you go into to get to get anti-Semitized. I'm really loving oh it. Oh, my God. Anti-Semitized. Do it again. For your protection. And like I pay <laughs> you to do it? To just right. say kike to me? Because what I feel like, I feel like a kike and I want other people to agree. Um, it, I, I understand what you mean. Like when you go to Hebrew school, you hang around and, and like late, it's like every year, once a year, at least once a year, probably nine times a year, they would bring down to the basement of the temple. They would like turn the lights off, have a projector and run those black and white movies of oh, people yeah. being sent to the concentration camps. Oh yeah. And, and for me it was like, you didn't have to say never forget. You just never forgot. How they wouldn't let you forget. How could you? Right. Every Sunday they were, they were bringing in some new old person to talk about that all of their family was killed and right and, and it's, to it's cry such a concept that, that I don't understand how that works I don't understand how you get out of that thing and not 
how you survive the Holocaust and not just want to stab everybody. No, I think you do. I think you do, mm. but I think when I met them, they were too old. Too old to be Yeah, nice, but I don't understand like is, you know, that's the greatest generation, right? That's that generation, they say, yeah. they're the greatest generation. Right. I don't understand how we're supposed to really do anything with our life or be motivated at all when we weren't born in a war. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Like, I grew up, I had, like, nothing to do. I was just in the suburbs. I was listening to CDs. I was stealing CDs. Right. I was, I was sometimes working at a, at a, at a hamburger stand. Like, well, well, I didn't have, I didn't really have anything to do, you know? I wasn't, I didn't have anything to, like, strive for or strive against. Oh, to so, fight against, to push up against. Yeah, so, like, no wonder, like, I'm, I'm here where I am. What my, is, what's that mean? Like, in my apartment? No wonder no. you're here in my apartment. No, this is the best place I've been all week. All right. Well, I mean, nice. no wonder I've got like a bindle and I'm living out of my car. I know, right? Yeah. But one of your two cars. <laughs> one of my two cars. Your other car is destroying the atmosphere. Well, has the potential. It currently, my other car is just sitting and rotting a little bit because I'm using the battery to run the solar. But I'll put the battery back in. Jesus Christ. You, Did that when, sound good? Yeah, it sounded really that good. That sounded like the least Jewish thing any Jew has ever said. Uh, it sounded like somebody who's trying not to be Jewish would say that. No, well, I had it I had it hooked up so all the circuits right. were running DC, but you know AC is really the way you got to go if you want to get the most bang for your buck. Sure. You know, hertz-wise. Right now, the picture that people need to see is you saying that. And then yeah. they really think, she is not a Jew. No. That woman is not a Jew. I look like a handsome Italian. Right now you look like a handsome Italian. Like maybe Salmonio. Like maybe I can sing. Salmonio. Yeah. Wow. That. How old are you? Who the fuck are you? I don't even know who you are. Salmonio is a name my mom would say. I oh, know. he was a handsome man. He is a handsome And you go, Ma, something about Salmonio. Something about. Salmonio. First yeah. off, his name is Salmonio. At 16. He was just the most handsome man that there was. Right. And then he, as he got older, he was the saddest man. Saddest man. Sad man. Sad. Wasn't he sad, sad to He death? was sad Minio. Sad Minio. I don't know. We'll have to check it out. I don't even know any of his songs, but I just like, I have a couple pictures of him in my head and I always thought, I'd like to look like an Italian guy like that. Yeah. Yeah. He was in Rebel Without a Cause. Was he? Yeah. And he played a really sad guy. You know the thing about Rebel... Rebel Without a Cause, you know about all those guys? Most of those guys were gay. Yeah. And you know how they learned how to be tough like that? How James Dean learned his swagger? From hanging out at Stonewall with the Dykes. Who were, oh. Who were performing masculinity in such a major way that all of the kind of fey actors were like, oh, that's how you should stand? Yeah. Oh, that's how I should smoke my cigarette? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They took it all from, from, you know, the factory workers and buffalo who were coming down to find work in new york a dyke threw the first punch at stonewall a dyke threw the first punch at stonewall boom against the cops a dyke threw the first punch at stonewall and back then i think you'd call it a bull dagger a bull dagger yeah a, and then that got changed into a bull dyke yeah well it was a he she then bull dagger then bull dyke then dyke then kike dyke today was yeah a kike dyke was discovered <laughs> <laughs> I'm, well, there's gonna pioneered be a plaque. that there's gonna be a dyke. plaque on this wall this wall yeah I'll point to a wall it's interesting on that wall I could be using I get called I used to get called them Shimka Dyke a lot or Lesbovitz Lesbo what? Lesbovitz Lesbovitz yeah but I could get by by, by fellow Les. no les, by, by friends who who wanted to entice me to agree to the fact that I was obviously gay way before I was I was called this since I was young uh huh yeah it, uh, affectionately, mm -hmm. um, obviously. And uh, Shimka Kike would actually be like perfect. If you could turn back time. We could start now. All right. I, all right. I'm so happy I didn't change my name to Sherman. You thought about that. It sounds like you thought about that. It's, uh, the way that that just came off your tongue, mm -hmm. it sounded like you wanted to be Mel Sherman. Well, it came, I mean, at Chinese restaurants all over Chicago, right. I certainly was. Yeah. For me, it was the Ross. This is a Jill Soloway story since you know her, since she's our mutual friend. Um, her mom came to visit, or her mom lives here now, Elaine, from mm -hmm. Chicago also there. And Elaine... Author. Yeah, author. Humanitarian. Yeah. Personal um, friend. Personal friend. Mm -hmm. Card-carrying, sexy AARP oh, member, yeah. oh, I'm yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. So we, uh, she was like, yeah, and my friend Mel Shimkovitz, she's from Chicago, and she goes, Shimkovitz? Related to Jack Shimkovitz? And Jill calls me, and I was like, 
actually, and me and Elaine at the same time were like, it's Jack Sherman now. But yes. And she goes, I went to prom with Jack Shimkus. <laughs> he was in love with me. <laughs> and Jack Shimkus is my dad's cousin, and he's our only relative. He's like the only living relative we have. Uh -huh. He's the only Shimkovitz. There aren't a lot of Shimkovitzes. I think he's like one of the only ones. Is he in Chicago still? Yeah, I guess so. Um, married to not Elaine, but I don't know if he's even still married. Who knows? They're getting up there. Maybe he's available again. But he changed his name to Sherman because he wanted to be a lawyer. And this was before he realized, this was like before Jewish lawyers hit. Like Get Jewish lawyers Jew lawyer. yeah. didn't really hit until hostile takeovers and, and all of these like nasty financial stuff came in. Before then, if a Jew wanted to be a lawyer, they had to make themselves sound like a Gentile, which isn't that a crazy thought now. Right. But um, so he changed it to Sherman and his parents who had gone through the Holocaust were like, Oh, that's a good idea. We'll change our name to Sherman, too. And the whole family fell. Everybody changed their name to Sherman except for Hyman. Hyman, Hyman Shimkovitz of the Hyman Liquors. Of Hyman's Liquors. was Hyman's like, Liquors. Yeah. I think he felt like I feel about it, which is like, I fucking earned this. Well, it goes back to what you're saying about being Jewish, where you go, you know what? I'm, I'm Jewish, goddammit. I'm Jewish. This is what I am. I'm Jewish. And you don't see anybody, you never would hear, like, somebody named O'Connor changing their name. What would they change their name to? Yeah. What would you change? Connorowski, probably. Connorowski, Connerstein. Connerstein, Con if they were coming to LA and they wanted to make something of themselves. Yeah, right? They're yeah. trying to get to law school. Good luck with O'Connor. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. They're trying to work in a, in a studio. I mean that in the LA way. Studio. In the studio, not like you got a pot and a kiln. No. And a, and a spinning thing. What, no. Is that what they call them? Spinning thing? Put the clay on? Uh, like a wheel. A wheel. Which is also a spinning thing. Which is also something you put on your car. Yeah. But you can't really craft a pot on your car wheel. Uh, I bet I could. I bet you could. I, I mean, I with the machine that you got. I don't do the wheel because uh, it ends up everything on the wheel. It's all about symmetry, and that's not my game. No. I do a lot of hand building, a lot of throwing against the ground. I do a lot of making of ceramics and then breaking them and then gluing it back together. Mm -hmm. That's kind of my thing because they break anyway. Gluing it back together in the same way that it was created or gluing it back together in a way that you're You can never with. glue anything back together in the exact same way it was created. Someone should use that when they get married and then break a glass and then say, if you could glue this back together in the same way, you shouldn't be married. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what happened? I think that that's how that, that works. Yeah, I think that's how that works. That's, that's why you scoop it all up and you spend a lot of your time just trying to put that glass back together. Put it back together. Yeah, Which is yeah. a um, huge metaphor for what love is. When you the first the first feeling is love, uh, it's this thing, and then you lose it with with domesticity, and then you can never really put it back together. You can't I, remember who you were when you first fell in love. That is really true. I got to tell you, I I've been hanging out with some couples who do this fucking sniping thing. Yeah. Oof. That's when you know it's. It's either the, the sex is really good or you're not having any sex. You can never tell with the sniping thing. Sometimes that's a romantic tension in a relationship. And then you like hate fuck. But sometimes it's just the end. See that hate fuck thing. I don't know. It's not for me. I'm just saying I know. I watch TV. I, I know what people do. If you watch TV, that doesn't necessarily know well, people mean that you know what to do. I, just what I want to say that so that my friends, if they listen, they don't think I'm selling them out. Oh, I see. Okay, like I great. learned it from on TV about hate fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced. Yeah. I'm totally convinced. What were you going to say about hate fucking? Uh, hate fucking, I just don't understand because I cannot, I, if I was going to hate someone, it's more like rape. Hate fuck sounds like rape. It's, well, it's a rape fantasy, uh -huh. like, but people like that. With someone that you love? That's when it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing like I'm kidding. Is this a I'm comedy show? I'm just telling you the truth, man. <laughs> exactly. I'm just kidding. I'm telling you the truth. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. And I could I'm get kidding. away with saying that because I look like Sal Minio. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? I'm just saying. I heard Wait, it on TV. I'm just saying. I heard it on TV. I'm just Come saying. I'm just I saying. didn't say this. I'm I don't do the rape fantasy no. thing. I only love people in a genuine and sweet way. Right. I'm a kind person. It's if not I hated me. you, I wouldn't fuck you. No. Well, maybe I would. Right. Well, when you well, weren't looking. When you weren't look looking, which is rape. You're fantasizing about rape. Yeah, I just read. A, I'm reading a book called. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna sex you when you're not looking. Yeah, I'm just. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that that's called rape. When you're distracted with the text. 
Just throw it in. <laughs> like, what are you doing with that? Get that away. No, 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 no. I don't know. And I've said it before. And, and like this whole thing that's going on with Bill Cosby, it's like, what is happening? I, what I love about it is that all of the tools that he was able to use with his patriarchy and his fame and his money and, and his lawyers all these years, he checked back into life. He had a problem and suddenly all of those tools were like, like, like knives that had turned to rubber. He's like, none of these tools are working. He's going around trying to discredit all of these over two, it's like two dozen women who have come out and who said all out. these things. And he's trying to discredit all of them using like, like a spy magazine tactics and none of it is working. And he just like doesn't know what to do. And for me, that's, I don't mind that, that, that this Cosby guy who I loved and loved his show is being outed as a rapist. I think that both of these things can live together. Some of my favorite artists are rapists and murderers. <laughs> I can love the art and not the artist. That's I feel true. fine about it. I don't know why people are so offended that this fictional character who is an obstetrician could drug people and, and deal with, it's not that much of a leap for some well. <laughs> No, that's bad. I shouldn't say that. I, I but I'm glad he's still alive. I'm glad it happened while he's still alive and I'm glad that he has to face it and deal with it. Even if he's not really dealing with it. I, it's very interesting to watch the way that he's dealing with it because anybody that's ever been caught in a lie, you go, oh, I've been caught, I've been outed. But when you're caught and then outed and then outed and then outed and then outed, how do you live with yourself? And then you're married. And how does the person that you're married to look at you and understand or see or live with you? Or how do they live with themselves? Because that's really what it's Denial about. Denial on her part and sociopathy on his part. Light sociopathy, maybe, but sociopathy. I mean, sociopathy light. That's a that's a psychological concept. Sociopathy like, or it's just that nobody in his mind it wasn't wrong because nobody ever confronted him on it. Right. And then now he's like, he's got he's had you know sixty years of of reinforcement that what he was doing was just a sexual thing that dudes do. Did you hear his him doing his Spanish fly routine? No. He has this whole Spanish fly routine. Um, and on a on a record from I think the late sixties where he's where he's joking about Spanish fly and about you know drugging girls and having his way with them using the Spanish fly. Okay, I'm gonna have to. Yeah, you're that. gonna have to check that out. But I think it's really it's actually like this amazing kind of rubric time map litmus test something looking at. I'm gonna say the first time the word rubric has been used on 188 podcasts. You got rubric. Got a couple of words. Got the kite leg and the rubric. The funny thing is, I don't even think I know what it means. No, but you know what? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We're gonna add it in post. Someone who has a voice like yours rubric. explaining it. You're gonna have to find whoever did the Heathcliff cartoons because that's how my voice sounds. Oh. Is that that's a generational thing? Kids yeah. out there know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um. So. So it's like that these strong, these women who had their own success and, and, and some of them were young, but some of them were not totally young and not totally naive and new to the world, that for all of these years, they didn't say anything and they couldn't because of how powerful he was and because of everything that the collective population put into him, right. this idea of who he was based on a character that he did. Forget all the dirty stuff that he did. He did this one character for so long that was such a part of America's identity and I think like African-Americans' identities and, you know, New Yorkers' identities. Um, they couldn't do anything. And then now, this place, it's like all of a sudden, it doesn't matter. Someone said that Oprah, I read that Oprah was, he tried to get Oprah too. I mean, that's what serial means. It means all the time, constantly, right. on and on, everybody. And that's what a serial rapist is. Right. And I don't hear people calling him a serial rapist enough. It is serial rape. There is no difference between following a woman into her home, pushing in and rape, raping her on the ground, and inviting somebody over and giving them a cappuccino spike with the Spanish fly, and then sending them off. These women waking up with him on top, like... It's, and then it's, living with that for the rest of your life and knowing that you, you can't, no one's listening. It's a fucking nightmare. No one's listening to you. I know. So we're trying to topple patriarchy. Oh, is that, oh, am I part of that? How, how, how blue can I get on this show? We've gotten pretty blue and we've gotten blue. Okay. So I was told by both 
Nina Hartley, the porn star, and Maja, the white witch of L.A., ninahartley.com, godismyboyfriend.com, respectively, um, we were told that women won't be on equal footing with men until they reclaim their ability to ejaculate. Oh. So that's... Reclaim their ability? Like that was something that was... Uh-huh. Is that the squirting thing? That's squirting. Uh-huh. Gushing, soaking, right? squashing, squishing, mm-hmm. splashing, all of it. So... Did I just blow uh, your mind? No, I'm just wondering how you do that. Is that like a class at the... Uh, uh, well, according uh, to Maja, the White Witch of L.A., every every woman and their partners pre, pre the church when women's sexuality became subject to procreation only and not subject to pleasure knew how, and it was part of the deal. Like, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. That was a quid pro quo thing. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so it's just about spreading the message in 2015. I, so I want to use this platform... <laughs> Here's an opportunity. Um, I, I, my question really is like, uh, do you, does somebody go to the Discovery Center or does, is this classes at the Y? We're making a how-to video. Right now? Yeah. I, I have somebody coming over at 2 o'clock. Well, I, don't know that I, I, I have to build, yeah, I, I can't really say too much. Okay. It's, but I, when it happens, I'm going to send, I'll send you the link. It's not going to be, a, you know, it's not going to be too anatomical. It's going to be artistic and... It's going to be what? It's going to be artistic. Artistic. And, okay. wrong, and, and probably wrong and funny. <laughs> and it might be like a... It might be like the dark crystal, but there's like a full vaginal uh-huh. co- complex involved. I For me, I'm just thinking that whole thing of all the women that I've gone out with, there has not been one squirter. They just didn't know. And also probably the thing is, is you really need to use your hands. I see. Unless you have a really crazy shape or you get into a crazy position, you kind of got to use your hands. I've never, in all the videos that I've seen of people squirting, of women squirting, there hasn't been hands. It's just been like that. They're doing it wrong? or they're It takes busy. a while of sustained rhythmic oh, something for I it see. to actually happen. I see, I see, I see, I yeah. see, I see. Okay. In the right position. I, I mean, maybe, maybe there, there, I'm sure that there are people, I'm sure there are ways, I mean, I can think of a few right now that you could get to it without that. Um, without a hand or an instrument, with just using just the, you know, Adam and Eve instruments. But is that the one what we're born with? Yeah, that's what one of the Adam and Eve instruments. That's one that some of us are born with. Okay, good. I don't want to leave oh, no, Unix no. and intersex out of the conversation. I just thought maybe that was a brand name, the Adam and Eve instruments. No, but no. you're saying it's what? But it would be good. The yeah. rubric of Adam and Eve. Oh, the rubric cube of Adam and Eve. Um, <laughs> but isn't that crazy it is that crazy. there's something that is um, that is that is physically possible for half of the population to do that they don't even know that they can do? It's it doesn't happen because you don't know you can do it. I'm very intrigued now. I'm really really intrigued. I feel like that's what I that's what I was hoping. I hope that this will lead to a conversation between people and their partners and a lot of practicing and trying. But don't look at any of the how-tos that are on YouTube now, because in the first few pages at least, because they're fucking bad and they're and they're not sexy and they're not funny and they're like weird guys talking about like, make sure you, and like putting Purell on their hands, make sure you clean your hands before you go in. You don't want to cause infection. It's like, and like on a satin cum sheet, it's like there's nothing, we're gonna do something different for you, David. <laughs> You're gonna like it. Well, I love the phrase satin cum sheet. That in itself is like, well, you know what? I deserve a satin cum sheet. You know what I'm talking about when I say it, though. I think I do. You've seen it. Just, I'm sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm I mean, a, you're not, you weren't, this isn't your first rodeo, right? Mm, mm, this isn't your first sex podcast, is it? No, wait, no. No? no? Yes. Just a couple of guys hanging out, talking locker room and how to please That's our right. ladies. <laughs> <laughs> just let the ladies know yeah. that we're here to please them and we'll hey, use our hands. You know what? You know what, girls? We're putting Purell on our hands and we're putting the Purell hand inside of you. I mean, if I can just if I can just inspire people to use their hands again in life. In order to get the female ejaculation. I want you to say the name of the uh, that website again. Um because well, so they can go to the the, the I can't tell you the name of the website that the video is coming no, out. No, the one yet. that you mentioned. You mentioned two websites. Oh, Nina Hartley, who's uh-huh. a legendary 
porn star and educator, uh-huh. um, NinaHartley.com. You might have to pay to see a lot of her stuff, uh-huh. but I'm sure there's plenty of stuff you can see I for think free. I've seen some stuff. I've I'm heard. sure yeah. you have. Mm-hmm. Nina's all over the internet. Mm-hmm. All over it. She's amazing. And she's all over the internet. And she's all over the internet. Right. And then Maja, the white witch of LA. M A J A? Yeah. And her website is GodIsMyBoyfriend.com. Mm-hmm. And these women are coming from two different experiences, but they both have a lot of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And this is the place where their knowledge intersects. What if it, how do we stop rape and serial rapists? And, and, and that's, that's, that's everybody changing their mind about like what's okay and, what, and who has the power and what's appropriate. Right. That's like a massive change. And the only way to really change people's thinking on things, I think, is to entice them with sex. That is one way. I mean, culture wars-wise. Right, culture wars-wise. It's where wise. the blues and the reds come together. So to speak. Come together. Yeah. So to speak. So to speak. I mean, it's... have you ever had sex with a Republican? I'm assuming you're a Democrat because of your profile. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, have I ever had sex with a Republican? Um, I'm sure I have. I can't remember. Yeah. Not Certainly not the past. I bet I have. Yeah, I have. I, I have. mean, I would love to hate fuck a Republican. Yeah. They're not really into my kind as much. No, no. No. I don't run across them, and I can't hide as one of them. Maybe a log cabin. Maybe if my, the tips of my hair were bleached white, I could do a log cabin. It seems a lot of work in order to hate fuck. It seems like you've got to do, go do, jump through a lot of hoops I in th- order to I don't fuck. think it's a lot of hoops. I think it's a few drinks. A few drinks? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. a few. But then it wouldn't be hate. You don't feel like fighting when you drink sometimes? No. If I'm talking to somebody who wants to fuck, I'm going to look at them going, oh, well. Don't you ever have great chemistry with some woman that's saying the stupidest shit? And you're like, I disagree with everything you're saying, and I want to, and I, and I want to shut, I want to put something in your mouth to shut it up. Like that feeling? That's a hate fuck. When you're doing that, hate fuck. When when you know that you're doing it for the first and last time, probably a hate fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's not rape. Oh, Oh, no, it's. It's not rape. Really she's she's hate fucking you back. Yeah, right. Yeah, right, that's right. consensual. It's consensual. Hate, hate fuck is actually some of the most consensual sex that there is because there's no question about it. We hate each other. Right. Let's do this thing. Right. And let's never talk about it or do it again. Exactly. Exactly. I yeah. mean, this is like the thing rom coms are made of. Right. Like, yeah, I think pretend, it's a rom. Pretend hate fucks. Um, I think it's a rom com for the future. Ooh. <coughs> Excuse I me. I think it's a rom com. I think it's a rom-com we could write. Ooh. Oh, there you go. We just had a project. A project yeah. just started. Project just started. A rom-com. But I think that it's one of those, like that, um, is is Afternoon, have you seen Afternoon Delight? Mm-hmm. Is that, is that a rom-com? Ooh. There's romance, there's comedy, but it's like a little too dirty to be a rom-com. And it's I also like it. a really, a little too sad and real to be a comedy. Yeah. So. That's the thing with Jill Let's stuff. just call it a film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I um I didn't know what it was about. Actually, let's I... call it a chick flick because I think Jill would like that. <laughs> chick flick. <laughs> chick flick. Yeah, it's only for chicks. Only chicks will like it. Only chicks should watch it. Just chick flicks who are into chick flicks. I She'll like that. That downloaded onto my iPad. And I watched it on an airplane. Yeah. Oh, that was a big mistake. Because you sit with people who are able to watch everything that you're doing. Yeah. And you go, oh, oh I didn't. Oh, oh, what, what's happening? Yeah. And a woman sitting next to me. I know she gave me the evil eye, and I really had to do a bunch of um, like looking just. Looking underneath, looking. I know. Like I didn't expect that about it. No, but that's the thing about Jill's stuff is you you don't expect that you, you don't expect that because she's a woman. Um, you don't expect it because no 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 because nobody has those kind of conversations. Um, they it's do. It's just woman. not on film. We're having one right now. I understand. Right, right. right. That's Feel what like I love like, about your podcast is that you you have wrong conversations. Right. Wrong conversation. Wrong. Wrong. Oh, yeah. Oh, who's, yeah. Who's like, I feel, I'm going to feel super dirty when I leave here and I get in my car and I roll a cigarette and I say, did I just talk about hate fucking for 10 minutes and did I say anything bigoted? I don't think you said anything. For me, I feel like that, the Jew thing, it makes me go, okay. But I go back to yeah. people like Lenny Bruce. Yeah. And I think about, um, these are just words. Yeah. And I also know that we're both coming from, it's not, I love being Jewish. I really love being Jewish. It's not, it's not an anti-Semitic Jewish thing. It's just, these are words. And I remember being totally shocked 
when someone first said kike because yeah. I didn't know what it was. And then my dad like totally blew up over it. And it's this word that suddenly has such weight and gravity and weight and gravity. And it's such a substantial piece of architecture. Yeah. You know, I wish that words meant more to me. I think that the, I'm going to blame the internet and, um, I feel so desensitized to all words and yeah, I wish that they had more more power. I, I mean, feel empowered, but but wait. I you, think it's just because I grew up from such a young age and with the computer hearing things so often that like and and with the music that I like and with the places that I've lived and with the different racial politics in different countries that I've lived in, I just feel really desensitized to all words. I'm going to use words however I want to. Mm -hmm. Also, I think looking like how I look, I can get away with using some more words because. Uh, if you look like you're oppressed enough and of enough minority groups, nobody wants to correct you on anything. Right, sure. Except other people from your group. And in my group, the lesbian group, I get corrected a lot. I want to take this opportunity to point out that anything I'm saying about Bill Cosby is because he's a rapist and nothing else. Right. I love old people. I love black people. Right. I love men. Right. I love comedians. Um... You love television stuff. Love television, and I think that Bill Cosby is a rapist. You know why? A serial why? rapist. A serial rapist, because at least two dozen women said that he was, and right. I'm going to choose to believe them. That's why I feel about it too. Why not? Why not believe women? Right. And why are we even having? I, I know why we're having this discussion, but it's we've come to a point right now where we've got to have this discussion. Yeah. And we say the words, and I understand what you're saying, but I feel you're a writer, right? Yeah. And so as a writer, words do matter to you. Like you craft a fucking sentence in a way. But not one word, man. A whole strand of words means a lot sure. to me, but not just a one word. Well, but there is a word that, that might shock you. Isn't there a word that you can say? Or do you say that no word shocks you? And we don't have to, you know, I'm just It's saying. all about context. If, you, right. if, if you're going to use, we're talking about the N word here, obviously it's like the only word That's I won't say. I was, you know, yeah, I'm not, of course. I'm not thinking that. that, but no, no. it's really the, like one of the only ones I won't say because it's... Um, because I don't know, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I'm not smart enough to, to, to use it. That's an interesting in any way, way to put it. In any mm -hmm. way that I won't be offended by. Right. I feel scared of it. And I, and I, have, I have reverence for it. Um, but not it just floating around on its own in space. It, it's strung coming out of my mouth amongst other words or write, written on something that I wrote. I mean, it on its own is nothing. Right. But I can't, but I can't say it now because the context is me saying it. Right. right. That's all. That, right. So, like, and, the words themselves are, fuck, piss, shit, bukkake. What do I call <laughs> <laughs> Right, bukkake. I love that bukkake made it that, into that subset. Has that been said? Uh, yeah. Um, bukkake <laughs> has not been said. I'm very aware of all words that have been said. Uh, bukkake has not been said. Uh, Dukakis, I think, has been said. Uh, no, but I, I agree with you on the idea that there... And, and I also think that there, the people that spell God G-D are the same people that go N... You know, asterisk, asterisk, comment. And slash word. <laughs> right, exactly. And slash word. And the reverence that people put into the God, saying God, writing God, yeah. um, where you're not supposed to say the name of God. Yeah. Certainly Jews don't, you know, they're Yah Yahweh. Yahweh. Right. Yeah. Um, saying that, it's like, how does that work? But the N word is one of those things. And for you to say, and I agree, I don't agree that you're not smart enough to say it. I agree that context, it's all context. I actually, it's context and I don't have any need to say it. There's nothing that I'm talking about, about, about race right now that I've thought about enough that I need to say, that I need to communicate, that using that word will communicate it better. And I don't even have any good jokes surrounding it. Um, I think that there needed to be jokes. I think when George Carlin did his, you know, seven words, you needed to do that. Like right. that needed to be done. Things, seals needed to be said. But that word is said so much, I don't need to say it. I have my own words. I have faggot, you know, I have kike now, kike dyke. I have like, I have a lot of dirty words to use about myself and a lot of things that when I use them, they're funny. Right. And that's cool about them. But if I use that, if I just threw around the N word, it wouldn't be funny because there's some short Jew from Chicago, he, she, like using this like really powerful word in a totally asinine, unthoughtful way just makes me look stupid and right. I want I want to come off smart I'd rather you assume that I'm smart enough to use that word in some good way than actually use it and fall on my ass so let's just assume I'm smart enough and I'm but I'm not gonna say it uh, for political reasons <laughs> <laughs> yeah how do I look now you like look a 35 year old <clears throat> Salmonio <laughs> is that how, did you just tell me how old you were 
No, oh, I almost did. I'm 36. You're 36. I forgot though. Right. I was just like, uh, 36. 36. Um, I, I love what you just said. That is awesome. Like the passel of words that we use and, and not having a need to use that. And I think a lot of people throw words in that they don't need because they're not mindful that they're saying it. I can sit, who was I sit? I was watching somebody and they did the thing with a like, where they said like, like a billion times. And I thought- Are you talking about me? No, you, what never, I just you didn't did? use it. You haven't used it. Oh, great. You really have not used it. I'm very aware, I am aware of the way that people talk. <laughs> and when, you know, if I look at you and I think, oh, here's, a, here's an intelligent person and, um, uh, uh, and, and Jill suggested that you, you uh, say that you'd be a great guest on the show, and I'm going, okay, I'm elevating Mel to that. I'm talking to her, and she has not said anything that makes me go, oh, she's just not smart at all. You are mindful of the words that you're using. And I love that. I love that. Because I think there are a lot of people who aren't mindful of what the fuck is going on. And so they're missing a major tool of being alive on this planet. Can I come back tomorrow? I feel so good right now. <laughs> the things you're saying to me about my words make yeah. me want to talk to you forever. We could. That's that's my charm. Just pillow talk with you all. Oh day. right, right, right. You oh. should do this podcast in bed. Just like hang out all day. Right, and, and but that would be the taped one. Tell a secret. Oh, this thing's not running. Uh, no tape, like video. See, oh, uh, um, <laughs> I thought then, I was being asked to do this podcast. It was like for comedians, and we we're gonna be like, "Oh, what's your Herald group that you're on?" And I'm performing here. And I was like, "This is gonna be really weird for this dude because, like, I'm a, just a secret performer. I do a lot of performances, but one on one." What's your dog's name? Poncho. Poncho. So you do it for Poncho. I do it for Poncho, mm -hmm. who's the toughest crowd. Who is how yeah. why I'm so funny today? I've honed. Yeah, my you call yourself in front of Poncho. Yeah, he also doesn't speak English. Named Pancho. I know. I don't want to assume that. No, you know, it's okay. Yeah, he's a dog. Yeah, he's a dog. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mostly I, perform for people who don't speak English. It makes you really work harder. What do you play? You play an instrument. What instrument do you? I do avant-garde percussion, but uh -huh. I wouldn't say that I play anything that mm -hmm. you would buy in a store. Mm -hmm. Maybe in the kids' aisle. Um, what, when you started doing, because uh, we started this conversation with you saying you wanted to focus more on performance stuff yeah so you gave up your studio yeah well so I was always performing and since I was a kid I used to have a ventriloquist act um, was which your, was like what was your dummy's name um oh my god it wasn't a dummy it was a furry blue guy because my parents wouldn't buy me a dummy and I think that the dummy's name actually was Marvin which was the name that I used for myself on Fridays when I was allowed to dress up as my um, identical twin cousin Marvin who had a mustache and wore like overalls and I got to flirt with the girls and like drive 57 Chevys. This is like what Marvin did. This is pre like six years old. Um, so the dummy was also named Marvin. Actually for a time everything was named Marvin. <laughs> I just wanted it so bad, you know. So, uh, but the problem was I, for years like nobody got it, nobody laughed, I would do a lot of shows. I didn't even charge anyone to go. And I realized what was wrong is that um, I was doing it where the dummy was the straight guy. Right. You can't do that. I wanted all the good jokes and I wanted to say the good jokes and I didn't right. want them to be uh, wasted, give on. Him, yeah, wasted on the dummy. I didn't want to give him any good jokes. So he was like interviewing me and I was the one who was like saying all the crazy funny stuff. You can't do that because he's got blue hair. He looks funny and I was... I mean, I was funny looking too. So it's like I hadn't grown into my eyes yet. <laughs> but it was just like one, like eyes, like two eyes, two big dark circles and like tiny little teeth. But the dummy was, uh, yeah, that's what I would do different. So anyway, I was always performing and, and, and doing whatever because I needed, I was a middle child and I needed a lot of attention and validation. And I still do. Obviously, I wouldn't be here. Are you getting a lot of the validation that you need? From you right now? Yes. Right. There's no one else here, but if you have a blue dummy, I'm talking that fucking thing. Oh, God. I'll get him. I know where he is. Yeah. He's chilling with some mothballs in the basement. In chilling Columbia. with some mothballs in the basement. Yeah, in the crawl space. Um, but then, and so I went to New York and I did it all that. I went to New York and I did a lot of like um, sketch comedy and improv and basically like. With who? Uh, well, I had a group called the Midwesterners. Okay. But were you working at UCB or were you working at these no, other dude. places? I don't take classes. Oh, I That's got it. my thing. I don't take art classes. I don't right. take writing classes. I do not take classes. I hate Shut classes. Up. That's Shut up. That's awesome. Um, although I did just take a UCB class, a 101, because I wanted to, I was like, this is what I'll do. Uh-huh. Um, How was that? I, I thought I was brilliant. 
I don't think they liked me. Um, I have an authority problem and problem with rules, so it's not Well, it does because obviously you do because you don't want to go to school. I don't want to go to school. It's not that. It's that I don't want to end up whatever I'm doing looking like anybody else's. And I'm well, afraid you... if I learn a way to do something, then I'll just be doing other people's things. You really you still think that? That you're that? that yeah, you're that. I am a total idiot. I am, I am a latent learner. I still hold on to that because it's a fun thing to hold on to. Um, it's but a story I have fun. You tell yes, a story I tell myself. I don't need anyone. I can teach it myself. It's also just the process. We started talking about process yes. at the beginning of this. I love process, mm -hmm. and that's part of it. The process is the whole thing. The process the is I, the whole thing. The process is the product. For me, the process is usually way more fun than the product. Mm -hmm. Like, I take forever. Whatever I'm doing, the work that I do, it takes forever. The drawing will take months the way that I do it. And it's because it's being inside of that thing is the thing. It's why I love theater. It's doing the rehearsal is the thing. Um, film is, you know, it's all a little bit new to me, and it's so much more about, uh, I don't know, it's more spontaneous, I guess, if you have enough money and time and you're important enough that you're allowed to be spontaneous on set. But for me, I like the repetition. I like doing it over and over again. I like being in a play that, that goes on for months and, and having something new happen every night. I love what happens in rehearsal. You know, you tape rehearsal. This, this rehearsal. I, I, um, that's the thing for me, is like being inside of it. That's like the way that I can survive in the world. And then when it's because it's the second that it's happened and it's over, I feel so depressed. What's next? I was going to end there, but I don't want to end depressed. I was going, that's a fucking awesome sum summation. But if we end there, then you're going to walk out here and take your bindle and fucking hit the top road Beverly and walk to the Beverly Center. Bang. Wait, but I love malls. And if you're telling me that a mall is next, I feel good again. I do. I will, I'm, are we close to the Beverly Center? Mm, you're close enough. Close I, enough. I, I need, I, I have a, actually a list of things. I was going to go to the Americana, really the Galleria, but if I say Americana, I say oh, yeah, the Ameri my class. Yeah. But I really needed to go to the Galleria. But you can also go to the Grove, which are really close to the I Grove. could, but one of the things I need to do is go to like a Target type place. Then go to the fucking Target, which is close to here too. There's a Target over here? Well, there's a Target on La Brea. La Brea this, isn't, this isn't my part of town. I don't know. I was going to Oh, wait. I'm going to tell you about it. You tell me where to go? Yeah. Is there a food court? Uh, there is a food court there. Well, there's, yeah, food court-ish. Food court again. Let me tell you this one last parting thing mm -hmm. about food courts. First off, I just want to say the word food court. I remember when I was at Second City and somebody, the first time someone else said the phrase food court to me, I was thinking, can we get a location? Someone said food court. I'd never heard that phrase before. And it was like, food court? What does food have to do in order to go to court? I just didn't understand like why food was on trial and had to go to court. And I'm not making that up. I'm yeah. just going, it fucking didn't make sense to me. I had such a different experience. Did you ever see Defending Your Life? Yes. Albert Brooks movie? Yeah. Um, Meryl Streep, the cameo by Shirley MacLaine, unforgettable cameo. Heaven for him is similar, that character in that movie is similar for what it is for me. He's able to go into a restaurant and order anything that he wants and eat as much as he likes and never get full. And anything from sushi to shrimp Alfredo. For me, the food court offers that. I don't have to just get one big meal for one place. I can go to Sabaro and get a slice, anything I want on it. And I can go to Chicago Dog. I can get a Red Hot, mustard, relish, onions, the right way. And then if I want, I can go to Mrs. Fields and I can get a cookie. I can, fuck it, you know, it's a fucking Friday. We're on vacation. Let's get a shamrock shake at McDonald's. You can do that at a food court. You can lounge around. You can watch people as they go by. You can be there all day. You take off all your layers. You're sweating underneath whatever weather is outside. And there you are in the food court. If you're lucky, there's neon. There's soft lighting. There's people who are cleaning it, who are really on top of it. There's stalls in the bathroom where the stall actually like meets at the doors and you don't have to worry about people looking in. You know, and there's pay phones and when you need to get a ride home, you paid your dad and he picks you up. 911, Northbrook Court. Like, that's heaven for me. 
I thought we were talking about now, and then, and but then we suddenly got but to the payphone. The food courts now aren't my heaven. No, 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 no. When you're describing that, I'm thinking that's not the food court over by the Target. That's mm -hmm. not the food court. Oh, the most miserable food court is the one that's uh, at the mall and on the West Side, West Side Pavilion. It's called. It is the it's saddest food court. I don't want to go there. No, don't go there. What you were also describing was also what happens on a cruise ship. Yes, yes. So you understand. I get it. Yeah, it's a buffet. It's, it's a buffet. It's a smorgasbord. Yeah, smorgasbord. Smorgasbord. Smorgasbord, actually. I dated a Swede. I, I have some Swedish oh. in me now. Uh -huh. The language, I mean. Uh -huh. Smorgas is a sandwich and board is a table. So in Sweden, I lived in Stockholm with you for a minute, there's uh, restaurants that you go into, they're smorgasborgs. And I was like, oh, smorgasborg, there's going to be like chicken and dumplings. There's going to be ambrosia salad. It's I'm going to eat my fucking face off. I wish that salad. there was weed in this country so uh -huh. I can get even more stone and eat even more. No, you go in there and it's like these sandwiches without tops on them. Because they don't use two face. slices yeah. of bread. They're open, but it's like one tiny cherry tomato on top of like one slice of turkey on top of one slice of, you know, provolone with like, but they call it something else, provolone, like, like that. It's more gosborg. Kivana logermat, more gosborg. The women are in the kitchen cooking. The table sandwiches. <laughs> That's good. All right, I'm going to stop there. The women are in the kitchen cooking the table sandwiches. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. That's awesome. That's real. That's sweet. You can, you can, you can have your, your fact checker check that. Thank you for listening to ADD Comedy. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on Dave, you can go to his website at www.davidrosowski.com or follow Dave on Twitter at drosowski.